Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of League Football and that favourite football podcast of yours after extra time. Two th- two days into the new season and already we have repeats from the, the last season. Liverpool scored four past the championship winners. Brentford lose to Birmingham and Jack and Jacko deal with the not-so-famous controversial one, Adam Green. I am your host, Jacko, and we bring you episode one of the new season. Um... With me, as usual, are my two cohorts in this, uh, Mr. Adam Green and Jack Godfrey. How are you, boys? Yeah, good, Jack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you, boys? Yeah, very good. Uh, are we are we happy football's back? Are we feeling a, a sense of, of proper football now? Or... Yeah, nice. yeah we're, we're getting there. We're yeah, getting there. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, Let's kick off then. The uh, champions of the Premier League versus the champions of, of the Championship. Um, Jack, what did you make of it? Yeah, it, um, it was a very entertaining game. Probably game of the weekend for me so far. Yeah. Um, considering from the, what the games we've had over the weekend so far. So definitely game of the weekend for me. Um, it, had, it had everything. It was end-to-end. Um, yeah, I just thought both teams defensively were very poor. Um, mm. Leeds, you'd probably expect them to be so, especially against Liverpool. But Liverpool look very unlike Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Virgil van Dijk and Gomez look like they've not played together with each other, um, which is very uncharacteristic for both of them. Um, Virgil van Dijk made a mistake for obviously uh, Bamford's goal as well, which is very unlike him. They just defensively it just didn't seem themselves. But yeah, as a neutral point of view, it was a uh, very exciting game to watch. Um, I enjoyed watching it and. Uh, hopefully, if Leeds have a go at teams like that all season, they'll be uh, as much as I don't like them. They'll be exciting to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, Greeny, if you were a Leeds fan, would you take positives out of that result yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think you can, mate. I think uh, you wouldn't expect Leeds to go there and score three goals at Anfield. Uh, no. That's for sure. But 
I'm not looking too much into it because I remember last year Liverpool started off with Norwich and Norwich mm. looked quite a good outfit. I know Norwich didn't go there and score, but they looked a good outfit. So I'm not going to read too much into it. You say Liverpool were poor, correct, but it's the first game of the season, mate. And you wouldn't have thought the way Liverpool played against Norwich last year, they're going to win the league. Mm. So I'm not writing too much into it at the minute. Are you seeing sort of similarities from last season, though, Greeny, with how it's it's kicked off? Yeah, mate. Yeah, a little. Um, I think you'd expect a better Liverpool side in the next game. I don't think uh, it was amazing or Gomez were amazing. Mm. So, I, th- I think you'll get a, a better-looking Liverpool side next time out. Yeah. Uh, Jack, talking about both defences, because uh, admittedly they both looked really shaky yesterday. Um, obviously, uh, Cock gave away a penalty and, you know, Van Dyke made a mistake. Are both teams going to sort of brush this off as the first sort of game of the season, sort of focus on working from the back? Or are they just going to say, it's just one of those days and we'll carry on with how we're going to play for next week? Um. Yeah, I think both teams will carry on playing like that. I think they'll both try and play that pressing, uh, early press, attacking football. Um, I think more so Liverpool than Leeds. Mm. Maybe Liverpool brush up one of the carpet and you'd expect them to be more defensively sound over the coming weeks. Uh, yeah. I know we haven't had exactly a conventional season, as it were, with the with all this COVID and with the season finishing late and the shorter break, but you'd expect... Mm. Players of you know Van Dyke's ilk and Gomez, who've obviously played a season together now and played together for a while, not really to be like that. So, like I say, it was it was strange to see, but um, I think if if you clop, you probably brush that one of the carpet and say, you know, yeah, obviously we weren't at our best defensively, but at the end of the day, all that matters is first game of the season. You get your three points on board, and then if it continues happening week in week out, then that's when it becomes a problem. I think if it happens just as a one off, you can you sort of brush that one under and say, do you know what, we've got the three points and we'll move on to next week. Okay. Um, a lot of comments have been made, Greeny, about Liverpool and the fact that they've not really strengthened their sides yet. Right, they've brought Samakis in at left-back. Mm. The sort of Thiago deal is stalling every other day. Do you feel that Liverpool need to strengthen with a few more additions? Or do you think that they can potentially compete for a title without making any sort of significant changes to that starting level? Yeah, good question. Um, my opinion on that would be, I don't think they need to bring anyone in, really. I think they've mm. got enough there to compete with the uh, Man City's, the Chelsea's, etc. So, I wouldn't, I'm not, I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was a Liverpool fan and we didn't bring anyone in. Because, like, yeah. again, it's a, t- it's a winning team that won the Prem. So, and I don't think there's many left, apart from, is it Lallana, what's gone? Lallana went, yeah. yeah so uh, Lovren went as well. And Lovren, yeah. But I don't feel they had two major players what had a major impact on the team when they won it. But what mm. will be interesting, and I might retract that from when I was watching play uh, Chelsea next week. Yeah. Now, that'll be a, a one where you can ask me again next week and then yeah. see where we go from there. But it'll be a lot difficult game for Liverpool next week against Chelsea. Um, Jack, same question to you. Obviously, do you feel that Liverpool needs to strengthen or are you, as a neutral, happy with what Liverpool have done this summer? Uh, I, mean, I think if I was a Liverpool fan, I think I would have wanted to strengthen a little bit. Um, 
just purely because everyone else around them has strengthened. Um, you've always got to look at ways to be better. I think that's how great teams become great teams. They always strive to be better and better and better. You know, you don't win a title and sit back on your laurels and, and say, yeah, we've won a title now, you know, and, and expect to win it again, you know. You've got to try and, you know, obviously they did win the Champions League and obviously they won the Premier League as well, but obviously they win the Champions League this season just gone, but obviously the season before as well. So, yeah, I think... This, like Greeny says, I think the squad they've got is capable of winning the league again. Mm. Um, I just think for me, strength in depth, you've got to fit all these games into a shorter, condensed period of time due to the Euros next summer. Yeah. Um, especially with European games, cut fixtures, league games. It's nice to have that strength in depth and to be able to rotate your players around and, and have that quality to do so. So, um, I wouldn't say it's an alarming issue for Liverpool, but I'd say that... Uh, well, I'd have expected them to sign a couple of players, but um, like Greeny said, the current crop is definitely capable of winning the league again. Yeah. OK. Um, moving on to some of the other games from yesterday. Uh, Greeny, mm. uh, Arsenal beat Fulham quite convincingly 3-0. Um, were you sort of expecting that sort of result for that fixture against Fulham? Do you see that as a sort of... It was a, a tough side that, you know, Arsenal certainly played well at the mm. back end of last season, especially after the break. Uh, you know, do you, if you're Scott Parker, do you just sort of accept that for what it is? Or are you a little bit aggrieved that maybe you should have played slightly better than you did? Um, it was a result I expected, put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, Fulham maybe have been a bit better if they had the fans in Craven Cottage to get behind them mm. a bit. I think that's yeah. crucial with these teams what came up. I think they need the uh, 12th man there against these yeah. sort of teams just to push them on a bit so it could have yeah. been a different game but in this climate mate I'm not surprised and the scoreline didn't surprise me and I think Gabriel scored didn't he who was, there de- is, yes, was on yeah. his debut so yeah. that's not bad for Arsenal they, they look a good outfit mate um, Jack for you uh, obviously Mikel Arteta's tried to make uh, some additions to his Arsenal side obviously defensively he's seen that as as sort of priority with bringing in Gabriel. Are you sort of intrigued about how Arsenal could play this season with, with the signings that they've made? Or do you see them sort of starting off maybe OK, but then stumbling away, depending on who they play out of the top six, and then sort of fighting for your Europa League spot? Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, it's hard to gauge it, because obviously yesterday they played a newly promoted side. Um, but yeah, they, they went about their job pretty comfortably. Um, once that first goal went in, they always seemed to be on top. Um, I know, again, obviously they're playing Fulham, but they defensively they look sound, to be fair. Mm. Um, I think since Arteta's come in, they've looked, definitely looked more organised and definitely harder to break down. Yeah. I know that we highlighted that was an issue. Um, their defence was an issue on the podcast before. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, they definitely look more robust and definitely harder to break down. But I think the, it's, it's hard to tell where I think they'll finish so far because we've seen only one game in. But... I think, um, as I touched on in the Facebook Live on Friday, I think they're definitely capable of a top six finish um, yeah. with the way they're going. But I think, as I said again on the uh, Facebook Live, I think Arteta's definitely a project and it's definitely a long project. I think he's going to be there for five, you know, five, six years and just hopefully sort of create something. A bit like, I don't want to compare him to Wenger in that, in that sense that he's obviously, you know, Wenger did an incredible job. But, you know, that sort of era... Um, that Wenger created and that sort of 
I don't know what you call it, but yeah, I think that he's trying to build something there. You know, he, he hasn't yeah. got money to spend like your Man City's and your Liverpool's and Chelsea spending all their money as well. So he's he's trying to build something different there, but it, it seems to be working. And, it, and they seem, as I said, a more organised team. That you know they've got a Bellingham, they've got a strong attacking force as well. And Gabriel looked fairly solid uh, on his first game. So yeah, it should be interesting to see how they go for this season. Um, just quickly on the Arsenal front, Greeny. Obviously, Martinez is. They've had a, a deal accepted with Villa. You know, I know you were a big advocate of his mm. at the back end after Leno got injured. Surely that's a, a massive signing for Villa, especially with how inconsistent their keepers looked last season. Yeah, mate, it's a great, great signing for Villa. Um, to be honest, I was quite surprised because I thought Martinez might have got the number one spot after yeah. uh, his performances, mate. But are you surprised he's gone back with Leno? I'm not. Really, he's a bigger name than Martinez. Martinez, though, has done the right thing. I think if you're not going to play me first team, I'm off because he's proved himself in the Prem. And again, great signing for Villa, mate. Okay, um, Jack Palace Southampton. Um, were you surprised with Palace winning that with how Southampton have played? I mean, uh, you know, the, the stats showed that Southampton one of the most consistent teams after lockdown. I think they got 18 points out of their nine games. Were you... How did you feel that game was, result-wise? Yeah, I wasn't expecting Palace to win that. Um, I was expecting, you know, Southampton to win that. But um, I watched the second half and Palace, yeah, they looked okay. They didn't look anything special. Um, Southampton had a couple of chances earlier on in that second half and chances that, you know, on another day they, they probably put away and probably end up winning that game but I think maybe you want to put it down to the fact that they've not played since you know the lockdown I know they've obviously had pre-season friendlies and stuff but it, I think Palace are always one of them teams that they they go through periods of consistency yeah. but, but they always end up seem to do enough to stay up in the division mm. um, whereas Southampton like you say before, after that lockdown they look, they're a real force of form and you know they didn't really drop many points and Ings was scoring goals and um, but I think Southampton definitely can push try and push if they can pick the results up like they did in the lockdown I think they could definitely finish in the top half um, maybe just into the top half but um, yeah I didn't expect Palace to win that game that's definitely for sure no. um, Greeny obviously Zaha got the goal for Palace yesterday is that mm. do you feel that's a sort of adding to the price tag that Palace are wanting for him or is it a case of they're going to want to try and keep him now for the season and see how it goes? Yeah, I think you've got one there, mate. I think they'll have to keep him and see yeah. how it goes. I think he'll probably do one more season. If he backs yeah. up 20 odd goals this year, then yeah, it'd be a big price tag. But uh, see, I wasn't surprised Palace won that. No. I just had a feeling that Palace would win it. I don't know why. And no teams have really made any signings apart from Eze, who's coming for Palace. Uh, but other than that, nothing really. I mean, that red card, it got me sick. Uh, was it? it was a red card, wasn't it? And then we went to the Yeah, it was a red card. They went to the screen and they viewed it and they gave it as a yellow instead. Yeah, which is good to see in the referee, in the refing department, as we've touched on in pods, where why, why don't they go to the screens? And that's good to see John Moss go to the screen, actually, and reverse the decision. But it then it could yeah. have been a different game. He made the the, def- the referee obviously made the wrong decision to start with, but then obviously he, he used the monitor, which we spoke about on here before, which is what we wanted yeah. to do, and actually overturned it, which was a yellow card in my eyes was the correct decision. So 
Um, obviously, because obviously, as Greens mentioned, VAR was used. It, uh, how I feel appropriately now. Obviously, they've come out with um, the statement that referees can go to the monitor if and when needed. Uh, this is a question to both of you. Is that um, a promising sign for VAR this season? For me, it can swing in roundabouts. I mean, it is and it's not. If, if one referee does it, Jacko, I think every ref's got to do it. There's no good or two here and there like we've seen last year. Mm. So I think they've got to take the, the reins a bit more and say, right, I'm going to the screen, going to have a look. Before they just take the decision from the bloke sitting upstairs, let's, let's go and have a look. Jack, what about you? Yeah, I think if it's used like it was in that Palace game, I think it can be used correctly and used in the right way, then it would definitely benefit the game. Um, and obviously we had the discussion on here before where we spoke about that World Cup, um, the last World Cup where they used it properly. And it, it, we, sh- we saw the positives of VAR. And then last season in the Premier League, we also saw the negatives of VAR with it with it being used, but then it being used in, and nobody knew where they stood. Um, yeah. I think with more clarity and stuff and more usage of it as well, I think it can definitely be used in a positive way. And I think that this season, you know, from what I've seen so far, I know we're obviously first weekend in, but yeah. you've seen a couple of good changes and the fact that once it's used in the right way, it'll benefit the game. And hopefully, you know, we won't see all these odd decisions where, you know, the players didn't know what was happening, the managers didn't know what was happening, people watching at home didn't know what was happening, people in the ground didn't know what was happening. It's It was bizarre at times, you know, some of the decisions. Yeah. Um, what what did we make of Ezzy when he came on? Because obviously, from what I'd heard, he he sort of he had a positive impact. All right, he didn't. From what I'd heard, Palace didn't really do a lot in the second half. But what he did himself seemed to sort of it, it seemed to excite the 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 commentary team that I'd I'd heard. What what did you make of it, Jack? Yeah. Um... I think, obviously, from knowing him from the Championship last season as well, I think he's he's an exciting player to watch. He, he's, he's one that will get fans out of their seats if they can come back into the ground at any point. Um, he's someone that's direct. He'll run at people. He's skillful. He's good on the ball. Um, you know, he's an exciting young player. Um, and I think, you know, obviously, from what I saw, yeah, he didn't do anything a great deal and he didn't, you know... He, didn't score or didn't create anything. You know, Palace didn't really offer much in that second half, but him individually, he was running at people, he was skillful. So I think he'll be one to watch, hopefully, for Palace. And, you know, hopefully Palace fans will see more and more of him and um, hopefully he can get some goals and some assists on the, on the for Palace fans as well. And, you know, I think he's um, definitely one of the young players to watch in the league this season, yeah. Yeah. Um, where do we think Palace and Southampton are going to finish this year, Greeny? Ooh, um, oh, I think Palace, Palace will be top ten, and I fit, I've got a feeling Southampton will be in the top eight. Yeah, Jack, go, I think they'll both be aware. So yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, I was going to ask Jack the same question, but but why? Mm. What have you got from your side, Greeny? Why are you thinking Southampton could break into that top eight? Because it, it, you know, all, all right, okay, we've only had one game and. and We'll go on about Spurs in a second, and obviously Man City, Chelsea, United haven't played. How, how do you? We'll break into that a little bit more this year. 
just by the, I'm going off the way they played, mate. After after the uh, lockdown, obviously they started off brilliant. Yeah. Um, I feel they've just turned a corner, and it's a, it's for the best. And I feel he's now slowly beginning to know his team a bit okay. better, and players are picking up. And I don't think there'll be a pushover this year. I really no. don't. Jack, Jack, obviously, same question to you. Where do you see Palace and Southampton finishing this year? Uh, I think Southampton, like I say, can break into that top ten. Um, I'm not too sure whether they can break into Europe. I don't know if they've got enough in the locker for that. Mm. Um, it's all about form and consist- being consistent. Um, can they get enough points off the top six, as it were? Um Palace, I think, will be anywhere between 12th and 16th, I think, in that bracket. Uh, okay. I think, as I've said, you know, I think they'll find form, drop off, find form, and then drop off like they did at the back end of the last season again. I think, I definitely think they've got enough to stay up, but I, I'm not too sure whether or not they'll break into the top 10. Uh, yeah. I just don't think they've got enough resources for that. Um, Southampton, like, if they can find that form again, uh, and pick a number of points up then top top 10 maybe I think yeah. I think maybe 12 for them maybe maybe 11th okay. um, moving on to the other uh, game from yesterday uh, West Ham Newcastle obviously Newcastle fielded what I consider a very very good side even without Fraser in the starting 11 um, Jack what did you make of the result last night uh, Newcastle game, yeah? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I think Newcastle signings, um, before, even before the game, uh, I know we spoke about them before, uh, made it made it quite exciting. And I think a couple of, uh, I spoke to a couple of Newcastle ones, a couple of my mates, they were excited with who they brought in. Um, yeah. I wasn't expecting Newcastle to win the game. I was probably expecting a draw, if I'm being honest. Okay. Um, maybe at a push. West Ham maybe getting something. Um, but yeah, Newcastle looked very good at, at times. I thought the, the new shinings, um, especially Callum Wilson, um, I know he got the goal, but I thought overall he brought something different to uh, Newcastle. Uh, yeah. They've not had someone that could run in behind um, and, you know, just be that, rather than that long ball outlet with Carroll, they've got someone that can run off Carroll. They've got yes. that can run in behind, that can make runs and stuff like that. So it's a different out there. Um, I thought Jamal Lewis played well at left back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Hendricks set the goal up. I thought and obviously scored a goal as well. Very good yeah. goal. Um, yeah, I thought Newcastle played well. I thought they deserved to win. Uh, I think you'd be a little bit disappointed if you're a West Ham fan. Yeah, I think at times they were on top in the second half. Um, didn't really create much, but they had a couple of chances. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think. Looking forward, you're a Newcastle fan, you're excited with the season they had. You know they made some good signings, and um, West Ham fans. I think I think I've seen their run of fixtures, and they've got some tough games coming up. Yeah. So uh, they'll be disappointed they didn't pick up three points uh, yesterday. Um, Greeny, from the West mm. Ham perspective, obviously mm. losing the way they did. Are you, you surely you'd be concerned if you were a fan? Yeah, mate, I'd be, I'd be worried if I was a West Ham fan. Um, they haven't brought anyone in strong enough. Mm. They lost to a Newcastle side, which, yeah, OK, they've strengthened really good. But you still, again, like Jack said, you'd expect a point or maybe three for West Ham. 
I think it'll be a massive struggle for West Ham, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in the bottom three for a while. And uh, um, I don't know if Moyes is the right man now. Yeah, I, I know I've I've said in the past that I've rated Moyes. I really have. Mm. Um, I, you know, I look back at what he did at Everton, was, which was something special for them. Um, but you know, the fact that he's been told, you know. You have to get rid of Rice in order to bring some money into my players. There's been the obviously the big fiasco with Grady D and Garner and Mark Noble voicing his concerns about it. Um, but you know, Jack, surely something has to change now for West Ham. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Um, you look at the squad of players they've got as well. It's it's not a bad team on paper. You know, you look at Haller, Yarmolenko, uh, Noble. Um, you know, I'm trying to think who else you've got. You, you, well, you've got Felipe Anderson, yeah. you've got Creswell, yeah. Frendrick. Anderson, Creswell, Declan Rice. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad team on paper, but I just. It's not a great team either. <laughs> no, it's not. A, no, but it's not a team that should be destined for. It's a bottom half team for me. Yeah. That, what you've just named there. Yeah, maybe lo- maybe upper. You know, like 13th, 15th. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 14th, I don't know. But they shouldn't be, you know, fighting for to stay up, I don't think. Not with that team. Um, you know, if you compare it to the teams like West Brom, Fulham, you know, Villa, they're better than, they've got a better side than teams like that. But I just, there's something that's, I don't know, there's just something that's not working there. I don't know whether, like you say, maybe Moyes is the wrong man to, to be in charge of them. Um, I'm not personally a massive fan of him. I don't think he's the right man for the job, but. Then again, you got to look what else is out there. Maybe you know, maybe you go completely out out there. You have a good look, and I don't know. Maybe someone like Eddie Howe could do a job at West Ham. I don't know. Mm. That's not a bad shout, Greeny. Obviously, you're a fan of Eddie Howe. Could you see mm. him do, doing that if if uh, you know Moyes was to be let go? I don't know if he'd want it, mate. I really yeah. don't. I think I think it's too much like a Bournemouth situation where they, they haven't got enough money. He's got, mm. to sell his, he's got to sell his best players to bring in money. Then yeah. he's got to find the players who he wants with that sort of money. So I feel if he takes it, it's not a, not a forward step, but it's not a backward step. It's probably just, it, again, it's the same as like a Bournemouth. He'll probably do yeah. you a job and he'll probably do you the same job as what Moisey would do you. So at the minute, I'd probably hold fire on, like, let's say, sacking Moisey or bringing in Howe. I'd yeah. probably hold fire and give it to at least Jamry to see how Moisey is then. Obviously, talking about Newcastle, uh, sorry, West Ham's fixtures coming up, Jack. Um, if they weren't to get many points after the first sort of six or seven game, and West Ham were to let go of Moyes, do you think that would be a harsh release, or because of the fact that the fixtures they've had to play, or do you feel that it's a case that they just don't have confidence in him anymore? I think if you. Given the fixtures they've got, it potentially is harsh. Um, yeah. Like Greeny says, maybe give it until Christmas, January time and see where you're at. Um, I just, like you said, I just don't know if if he's the right man. I don't know. I just think with that squad, they should be doing better than what they are. Obviously, I know we're only one game in, but... Yeah, yeah. Struggled last... Let's pick up on that point, though, mate. I get that, where they shouldn't be... Where they are without players, but yeah, the same players. They're the same players, mate. What Pellegrini had, and they're in the same boat. And Pellegrini, you'd probably put in a higher manager bracket than Moisey. 
So if, if Pellegrini can't get the best out of them and Moisey can't get the best out of them, what avenues do West Ham now have to take need to, to try and get the best out of them players? Need to chuck all, need to chuck all their money down and try and get Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, but no, does that's... that mean they've got to sell the best players to bring in a top-class manager and then the top-class manager's got bang-average players? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a catch-22, isn't it? You need it's, mm. it's, you need to sell in order to buy someone, but then you, you're selling your best players and you, you're there for nothing. So, you know, it's mm. it's tricky. And it's I think it's tough times if you're a West Ham fan. I think I really think it is. You know, they're a club of a lot of... I know Jacko's obviously anti-West Ham, but, yeah. you know, they are they are a club with, I've, you know, a decent history, mm. you know, good fans and I think the thing was knackered them up, mate, is moving moving ground. Should have stayed at Upton Park, invested the money what yeah. they invested in the ground into the players. Yeah. Keeping yeah. let's say I don't know, let's say steady the ship, let's get into Europa League and be successful in that for two or three seasons, then think about moving stadiums. But I probably would have just kept to Upton Park, great ground, invest your money wisely, bring better players in and and do it that way. But I think they jumped too quick. Yeah, no, I second that. I mean, I said uh, in our first season on this that I, I thought moving to the Olympic Stadium was a massive mistake because you just separate yourself from mm. the, the culture and the community that that club has created for the last 100-odd yeah. years. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, putting the West Ham side a bit of it aside, Newcastle, obviously, it was a positive result yesterday. They've still got Fraser to come in. If they were to get a couple more results like this, do you think that will sort of take them away or take fans away from worrying about a takeover? Or do you still think that they're going to focus on that first and then once that takeover is done, they can then start moving forward on the on the pitch? Really? I think it all, all boils down to, mate, is if they if they keep picking up the results... If they keep picking up the results, I think fans will stay off. Uh, Mike Ashley's back. He'll stay off. Bruce is back. But again, mate, let's turn the tables and they start losing games. Mm. Yes, you're going you're gonna to hear it all over again. He's got to go and then he's got to sell the club. And you, 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 again, you're back to square one. So I think it all depends on what results Bruce can pick up. But I rate Steve Bruce as a manager. And uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, mate, if you see Newcastle up there this year. I reckon they could fight for a Europa spot. Jack, do you, is that something you agree on as well? Uh, I'm not not sure about Newcastle going for Europa, but um, with this with that squad, um, definitely not fighting for relegation. But if they can keep picking up results, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get carried away, you know, because obviously the first weekend. So, um, but yeah, I think if they're picking up results and you know everything's going right on the pitch and that for Newcastle. And it can kind of distract from the fact that the takeover business, I think. Mm. I think potentially it could be still there in the back of their, the fans' minds. But I think with their winning games, it gives them less reason to moan about stuff, if you know if you yeah. know what I mean, rather than if they lose. Yeah, if you're losing games and things aren't going right, it's, it's easy to point a thing at moan. Yeah. Well, moving on to um, today's games, we'll start with you, Greeny. As, mm. as Leicester was the first one, they beat yeah. West Brom three yeah. nil. What, what what were your sort of views on the game? Well, uh, first off, mate, I was I weren't happy. Put it that way. I mean, uh, we, we we were dreadful. West Brom looked the better side. 
and we're probably lucky to go in at half time as we were as a nil nil. Mm. Uh, but then second half, mate, it clicked. Obviously, uh, it's nice to see the new signing on the score sheet. And yeah. then uh, nice to see Vardy with two, with Penos. But three points there, mate. I think I think we're still struggling, mate. We need to sign players. We, there's not enough in that squad for me to keep yeah. us where we were last year, that's for sure. I think we definitely need to sign another striker, probably another defender, centre-half, a, I think an all-round squad, we need to bring in one for each position. I don't feel we're strong enough to compete this year with yeah. possibly the likes of the top top six, shall we say. So, uh, uh, But I'm happy with the result. Yeah. Uh, obviously, just touching on that, Jack, about obviously Greeny suggesting that Leicester need to strengthen their squad, which is apparent with how they set up at the back today. Do you feel that that is a massive concern for Rodgers at the minute? I think, yeah, I think it is. I think it wasn't really tested as such today with the opposition they played. Mm. Um, it's sort of kind of like Pep when he had to play Fernandinho at centre-half and you got Ndidi at, at the back as well. Mm. Um, but I think you can kind of get away with it if you're playing teams like West Brom. Um, yeah. I think once you start playing, you know, your top six, your top eight teams, then it could just become a problem. Um, mm. Greeny, how long are those sort of players out for? Uh, Madison's just coming back into obviously he played 15 minutes today you've got Johnny Evans who's out with a free match suspension because he got sorry one game suspension so he's back next game okay. Morgs is out with uh, a groin injury hamstring injury so he could be several weeks so yeah we're going to be struggling for a few yeah obviously Ricky at the back Ricardo he's not nowhere near fit yet yeah so I think it, it could it could be an issue couldn't it I think it, it just depends on who's who's available. Um, but I think, like you said, Green, I think even even all even I think every team in, in the league this year rotation is going to be key because there's a lot mm. of games going to be played in a more condensed period of time. Mm. So, as of, you know, strength and depth is going to be key. And if you've got people out injured, people out suspended, then it's going to impact you. You know, you're going to have to chop and change. You might have to change formation. You might have to play some young lads. So, I think it's going to affect everyone, not just Leicester. The thing with Leicester at the minute, what's pissed me off is the uh, the squad sheet come out with all the players who have got squad numbers. Mm. We've got Andrian Silva, who's not got a squad number this year, Portuguese international. We've got yeah. Slomani, not got a squad number this year, and he's an international. We've got Diabate, who hasn't got a squad number. We've got Gazelle, who's an international, not got a squad number. What on earth is Rogers doing? Not naming these sort of players. I mean, Slomani, I'd bring straight back in the squad, and he's a he's, you know he's a hold up man. He, he can play up on his own. He can play up with front with odds, and he's bringing the likes. Of, I know he's bringing the youngsters through like uh, George Hurst, but he's not he's not proven enough in that sort of league. And where Leicester want to go, I don't think there's enough in that player to to go the way we want to go. So bring the likes of Andrew and Silver back in Slomani, but no one's heard nothing of them. We're not heard if we're selling them or what. But they haven't been named in in that in that team, so it's interesting to see what what, what Rogers has got up his sleeve. Okay, um, from a, a West a West Brom's perspective, Jack, um, you know, again with the majority of all the, with Leeds and Fulham as well, that it's the first week of the season. Are you? I know the second half display was a lot poorer than the first half, and they they had opportunities. But with, with Slavan, can you sort of 
take a bit of positivity out of that or are you a bit frustrated at the result and how it came to be today? Um, I think they started all right. Um, like Greeny says, um, they were on top probably first half, half hour, maybe even the first half. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle this season. Uh, yeah. The, the defence looked okay and then sort of second half they sort of capitulated a little bit they looked a little bit ropey they were making mistakes and you know they're mistakes you can probably get away with occasionally in the championship but you do that in the Premier League and you're going to get punished especially the better teams you play such as the top six top eight yeah. you can't really afford to be making them mistakes so um, I can't I can't really criticise them much you know first game in but I just think you continue to make mistakes like that you'll get punished and I think they're in for a long season you know uh, Billich probably knows that already and I think West Brom fans will be realistic in the fact that obviously their aim along with Fulham and that is to stay up um, yeah. it won't be easy Do you think that the £18 million spent on Dean Garner was a bit of a punt or do you think that there is potential there um, along with Pereira on the other side that they could create um, some goals out of those two this season uh, I'm going to go 50-50 I think I think yeah. championship level, he looked a class above. Mm. Um, coming to the Premier League, like I said, it's going to be tough. You ain't going to get the space. You're not going to get the time to be able to do things you did in the championship. Um, there's definitely potential there. Mm. It's just a case of whether or not, you know, confidence, that sort of thing as well. They keep losing games, you know. But, you know, there's definitely potential there. Um, yeah. But like you say, it's also a bit of a punt. You know, you you spent eighteen million. You know, that could that could a couple of players. You know, choose to Um, Greeny, just one last thing on you. Are you getting a maroon shirt? I am. Yeah, it's on order. <laughs> it's on order. I thought I was watching a Villa Burnley or West Ham play with that colour earlier. I thought it was claret. I don't want to wear that, mate. Let's yeah. Um, fair enough we'll move on to the game that I I was sort of super excited about I think this was my pick of the games this week was Spurs Everton Um, obviously Everton 1-1-0 Alain Decore Hammers were sort of the big headliners going into this game Jack how what did you make of the game first off and if you're Mourinho is there a lot of questions to be asked after it uh, what did I make of the game? Uh, I thought it was going to be a better game than it was. I mm. uh, thought Spurs were very defensive and sat back, sort of set up to counter. Um, Everton saw a lot of the ball. I thought yeah. uh, their new players played well. Mm. Uh, I thought Alan was very good. Uh, he sat in there, you know, won the ball, did it all the you know the dirty side of the game. The yeah. stuff that goes unnoticed. I thought uh, Rodriguez looked handy at times. Um, yeah. I think with more fitness and more game time, he'll be a quality player. Uh, definitely one of their be- one of the better players in the league. Um, I thought Decore did a job in the midfield again. Um, I think their midfield looks a lot more settled than it did last year, and it looks a midfield that can actually compete with teams. Yeah, you know, they, defensively they looked a lot better than they have done as well. Um, I think Pitford was a lot better than he was as well. Yeah. He looked a lot uh, more decisive, you know, he made his saves, went home with a clean sheet. So, you know, you can't complain with him there. Um, 
I just think Mourinho has made Spurs into a bit of a team that aren't really exciting to watch. Yeah, um, I know he sort of did the same thing with United, um, where he was you know very like counter attacking and stuff like that. But you know, Spurs have got Lucas Moura, Deli Ali, Son, Kane. Um, you know, yeah, you know, Bergwijn. Yeah, you know, you got attacking players. You know, good attacking players, and you you're not using them really. Um, I just don't really know what his end goal was in that game. You know, they're at home, they've sat back, Everton saw a lot of the ball. I just didn't really get what the tactics were. Um, I think at one point in the commentary, Gary Neville was like, I'm not sure what formation even And So I thought Hoiberg was poor as well. Um, Doherty was was okay. Um, I just, I'm not sure with with Spurs. Um, I think if they continue to play like that, they'll struggle to make the Europa League. Uh, to finish in that top six, it, it yeah. came back to the time you know just before Mourinho came in, where they were just you know poor, you know just just struggled to create anything again today, and just yeah, I'm just I'm not too sure about Spurs. I'm really not. I don't know what's, what Mourinho was trying to do today. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Greeny, um, mm. one of Spurs' main signings was obviously Hoiberg from Southampton, mm. and he made a big thing of it that he wanted to move to a bigger club. Yeah. Um, after restart, after the restart, mm. and obviously Southampton didn't play him. Do you do you feel he's at a disadvantage already? Because obviously, as, as Jack's mentioned, he did have a poor game. Mm. He's put a lot of he's put of a lot of expectation that he's going to perform playing for a bigger bigger club. I mean, how do you see that panning out for him at this moment in time? Um, well, mate, well, I've touched on Oidbird before in previous pods, as you're aware. Um, and I did say he's a class player, and he'll, do, he'll fit in nicely with Spurs. But I don't, I don't think I can judge him, mate, on this on this first game. As no. as a collective, I thought the whole Spurs, uh, the whole Spurs squad was poor. Yeah. So I, I think it'd be a bit unfair for me to comment, mate, on uh, Hoiberg and say he was poor. He was shy. <laughs> when nah, because the whole team were there weren't one good player on that Spurs pitch. Yeah, but you picked them up. So, that quality player, and he flopped. Crap. So so. Uh, you're saying he's crap. So if uh, when Chelsea play, and then Werner don't score, and he has a poor game, he's shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't work like that, son. No. I'd if just, Jacko asks me again in ten games or fifteen games time, and then I'll give him the the right answer. But I can't make a judgment on a player. But over over one game. But do you think think though that he should have stuck out a bit more? Even though yes, Spurs. Collectively, we're a poor unit today. Do you not feel he should have tried to create the game, create spark in that game himself? Possibly, mate, but I, I think it's odd because they weren't. No, none of the players were reacting to anything. They'll walk around the pitch, and I mean, if it, sure that's the captain's job to boost them up, get them to play. Do you know what I mean? So you can't rely yeah. on Hoiberg to to uh, do do the deeds like that. I think. Again, but, it was just a poor another collective. Reason that though, Greeny, is that he mm. was the club captain at Spurs, Southampton. At Southampton. Southampton, sorry. So you know, he's got that leadership bent, or apparently he's got that leadership mentality in there. So surely, you you'd want to sort of inject that bit of, I don't know, P- possibly. Yeah, I get, I get yeah, you're probably right in some respects, but again, we don't we don't know what uh, Mourinho said to them. 
We yeah. don't know if Mourinho said something to Hoiberg. We, we, we don't know behind scenes stuff, but ask me the question in 10 or 15 games and I'll give you an honest opinion on Hoiberg. I can, I can answer that question already. Yeah, I know. I, I'm amazed. We've, we've, this is the first episode of the new series and Jason Cundy's changed from Greeny to Jack today. It's brilliant. Yeah, I just, Love it. I just don't... Greeny, he was shit at Southampton and he's shit at Spurs. It's a, a, piss, it's a piss poor signing for a team that wants to be going for Champions League. He's not a Champions League quality player and he was shite today and he'll be shite again in 15 games time. No, mate, can't agree. Talking out your ring, mate. Uh, we'll see. Well, unfortunately for you, Jack, we're about to move on to the Championship. Um, yeah, a piss-poor team. Someone's at the door. <laughs> as he'll going on a piss-poor player, not, let's now talk about the piss-poor teams, Jack. Uh, well, there's, there's, there was quite a few this week. Um, we'll start with a, a brief overview on Friday night. Obviously, Watford beat Middlesbrough. Um, are you both in agreement that that was a good start for Watford? Yeah. Greeny? Sorry, mate, what was that? We, we, did you think it was a good start for Watford on Friday night beating Middlesbrough? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, 100%. Um, Jack, Neil Warnock, I know it's obviously his first game. He didn't have a great end to the, his spell last season at Middlesbrough. Um, are you a little bit nervous if you're Neil Warnock? Or are you just brushing it off as if to say, well, it was a team that had come down from the Premier League. They're out to sort of kickstart their campaign early or are you sort of sitting there thinking we weren't good enough on the night? Uh, I think he brushes it off. I think first half Watford were the better side. Second half, it was all Middlesbrough, really. Uh, yeah. I think um, they came up against a good side. I think that Watford side will be playoffs or there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got to kind of take the rough with the smooth and think, you know what, it's... It was a tough first game for Warnock. Um, you know, they gave it a go in the second half, and I think maybe the only issue they've got is trying to find a goal scorer. Maybe mm. uh, I know they've got a somber longer and that and stuff like that, but yeah, it's uh, that might be the only worry. But I think um, there's some positives in that second half for Neil Warnock, definitely. Um, Grainy, going on to um, another one of the promoted side, or well, relegated sides from the Premier League, um, yeah. Tyndall got his first winning charge of Bournemouth against mm. your bat's <laughs> favourite of Blackburn. Um, yeah. With with the result as it was, and, and from all sounds of it, Bournemouth weren't it looked shaky at times. Is it a case of for the first few they may try and outscore their opponents to get the win? Yeah. Obviously, you know, they, they've lost their best centre-back, they've lost their best goalkeeper. Mm. All right, yes, they've made sort of 80 million with the players that they've, they've sold this year, mm. but they haven't bought anyone in yet. And they're now left with more inexperienced players in those positions than they did have last season. Mm. Mm. Do you definitely see that as we're going to score more than you? Mm. I think uh, Bournemouth, mate, I was surprised when, they, when, it, when it went to all. I thought that, that's a draw. And it shows, mm. mate, that they've got a bit of courage about them and they've got the players to grind results because Blackburn aren't the shittest of teams in the Championship, no, to be honest. So, no. so, for me, I take back what I said about old Tyndall at the start. He, he, at the first game, I know it's only one game in, but fair play yeah. to the lad. He's, he's pulled out three great points there, if you ask me. Because yeah. um, obviously, like I said, when it was two all, you probably fancy either Blackburn to go on and win it or a draw. Um, so, to get the three. But I don't even think he needs to sign anyone at that sort of level. No. I think he's probably got enough still to 
to compete at that level. So I think, again, as you touched on before about money and to keeping Tyndall in charge good of money, then maybe do they need to sign anyone and just push on now as they are and yeah. hope they can go back up with the players they've got to have more money in the tank? Um, Jack, uh, from Tyndall, Tyndall's point of view, are you breathing a sigh of relief with getting that first win? Yeah, uh, definitely. It, like you boys say, it wasn't an easy fixture. Um and it's always nice to start opening day with a win, you know, it sets you up. Um you're on the board straight up. Um I think it was an entertaining game, but I think yeah, I think you're happy from his point of view. And like you say, it is a sort of like a sigh of relief and it's right, we've got three points, um, we're on the board. Pressure the pressure's not really off. Pressure was never really on, but you know, yeah. it, you can crack on now and um you know Try and pick some momentum up and keep keep winning games. Well, let's let's talk about your lot. Um, we have to. Uh, yeah, you, we do. Um, it's all right. We're going to go through the dire fest. It was Millwall Stoke in a bit. That'll be entertaining. Um, obviously, you lost to uh, Derby. Lost to Reading two nil. Um, Lucas Yao, from what I saw, had a really really good game. Are you disappointed with that result as a Derby fan? Uh, yeah, I admit, yeah. I think we should, yeah. uh, it should be beating teams like Reading at home. Um, first half hour, Derby were terrible. Um, didn't turn up. I don't know whether they were nervous or just, you know, not over it or what. I don't know what it was. Um, just frustrating, I think. Um, as I've said, you know, about Bournemouth, you, you want to get off opening day. You want to get off. Good start. Kickstart the season. Um, disappointed, especially at home. Um, we've got a really good home record. Uh, I know there's obviously no fans there to, uh, you know, make an atmosphere, etc. But yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed, mate. Um, I thought we'd, I thought we'd be winning that game, if I'm honest. Obviously, I know we we discussed about it in the Facebook live that that Cocker was looking to change shape. I, I, I've not seen any of the highlights, unfortunately. But had he gone with the new shape for that game yesterday, yeah. or had he sort of reverted to last season's style? And was sort of waiting to bring in a couple of more players before we tried that. No, he went with that um, the new formation. Uh, okay. Apparently, the new the new Dutch lad looked pretty shaky as well. Um, right. Don't know whether that's just the first game in the new season, or you know, it, it, he's just he's going to struggle all season. I don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe changing formation wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's still early days, I think, with that formation. Um, it's probably one Derby is still getting used to. Yeah. You know, it's um, slightly, it's, you know, we've not played that in a while. Um, we've played with the back four all last season as well. So I think maybe that'll take time to, you know, implement and the players to get used to it. Uh, Greeny, from, from Reading's mm. perspective, there's been a mm. lot of issues off the field this summer with obviously Bowen was yeah. the manager. He stepped down. They then offered him a new role and he said no and he's now departed the club and Kornovic yeah. uh, was, was the new boss that came in. Mm. Are you, If you're a Reading fan, do you consider this a put up? I know it's only the first game mm. and it is against Derby and Derby, as, as Jack said, looks a bit shaky in the first half. Mm. Is that a good start for Reading? Yeah, it's a good start, mate. I mean, let's look at it. Reading were down there, Derby were up there last year. Yeah. So it's, it's a good result to take. I mean, I think uh, Reading will be up there this year. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think looking at this, well, I watched a bit actually of the highlights of that. And that Zhao, mate, he's he's something different, isn't he? 
I, I know quality he, in that level. I, I was impressed with him at the back end of last season. I know he didn't do a lot, but he looked quality. But surely you'd be concerned if they were to lose Ilaria uh, uh, and Xiao for a period of time. Yeah, because yeah, you probably would. To yeah. me, that, that seems to be Reading's main point of attacks is the fact that it's going to go through them. And mm. if one of them is out of form or injured, then that stalls Reading's season. Well, I mean, they've got, they've got Sam Baldock. I know he's obviously a proven scorer in that sort of level. So maybe he can step up if that did happen. Yeah. Um, you've also got Aluku, who's quite a decent player. But I, I like to say it's one game in. Going on Derby, though. I thought it was piss poor, mate. I mean, they've had a shit start to the season with Barrow, drawing with Barrow in the EFL Cup. Not a great result. Losing to Reading 2-0, not a great result. And don't get easy for them, mate. They've got Preston in the next round of the uh, EFL on Tuesday. Is the pressure on early already for Cocker if he loses that against Preston? And then he's got Luton on the Saturday. Luton started off well. Is the pressure on? Are you, are you saying that as a neutral or are you saying that because you ate Derby? No, I'm saying it as a neutral, mate. I, I, oh. I've, said, I've said to you, I'm, I'm sure I said on the live, I'll see Derby will be down there this year, mate, and they'll struggle. Yeah. I mean, you look at their form going off the back of the end of the lockdown and the way they've slipped down that table. Yeah. I just don't feel, mate, that they're going to be nowhere near this year. I think they're miles off the pace. Um, <laughs> we'll quickly go through some of the other results because uh, there's, there's a couple of games that I want to talk about. Hold on, we've lost one. It's just me oh, and you, Jacko. Oh, OK. Um, all right, well, I'll just go through the results anyway. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if Jack joins us back in, then we can carry on. Um, Wickham lost to Rotherham, to a yeah. late equaliser. Were you slightly gutted with that result? I was gutted in some sense, but I weren't gutted because of Mr Corrigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, mate, I thought Wickham, Wickham put up a good fight there. Um, I thought it would have probably... Would have been fair to have a point each, um, yeah. but I think I think Wickham will be all right. Um, we're just going through some of the, the results quickly, Jack. Um, obviously, Luton beat Barnsley. I, I had that down as a draw personally. I mean, did you see that going Luton's way? No, same as you, mate. Um, I think I had a draw. Uh, it's two teams that are obviously fighting for their lives um, just at the end of the season. Um, it's probably two teams that will be down near there again, I think. Um, so, it could be three big points coming the end of the season. But like you said, I think it had it down. It's probably a score draw. Okay. Uh, Greeny, Bristol City beat Coventry 2-1. Um, yeah. Is that a little bit of a baptism of fire for Cov? Or are you thinking that's probably a deserved result for Bristol City? Yeah, I think it's a deserved result, mate. And I was happy with the result. So Because uh, it's Cov? Yeah, because it's Cov. We all like Cov. Uh, yeah. But I, I think they're in for a massive shot coming up to the champ, Cov. Yeah. And I think they'll be probably hard, uh, yeah, be hard for them to get points. I don't can, think they've got can, enough in their squad. Can you see that as well, Jack? Coventry struggling this year? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think uh, I think you see it a lot, don't you? You see league teams come up from League One um, and they tend to struggle. I just think the, the, the gap between the two leagues is... You know, it's a stark contrast, especially the teams towards the top end of the championship coming yeah. in. Um, and then you've obviously got to try and find players on a sort of not sort of a shoestring budget who, you know, you've got to compete with trying to get those players in. You know, you've got teams, say you've got a team like, I don't know, 
you know, Watford are trying to sign someone or Cover trying to sign someone and obviously Watford have got all the firepower of the money and stuff to try and to sign them. So yeah, I think I think like Greeny says, I think it'll be a bit of a wake up call. Um yeah. it'd probably be tight, you know. It always is tight down towards the bottom of the championship. Um mm. every point matters. So I think they'll be they'll definitely be there or thereabouts in there. But I'm sure they'll you know, I'm sure they'll find a bit of form at some point and when that'll be, I mean, it might be next game, next couple of games, or it might be towards the end of the season, but I think they'll struggle, yeah. Okay. Um, Norwich beat Huddersfield, lads. Um, good start for Norwich? Or was it expected with the fact that Norwich kept a lot of their players from the Premier League? Huddersfield struggled at the back end of last season, obviously the Cali brothers kept them up. Is that a result you would expect if you were a Norwich fan? Mm. That, that's the basis yeah. Uh, I think it probably wasn't expect. Yeah, it was something you expected, but from what I had, mate, it, Norwich weren't that great. No. And from the commentary I heard, Pukey had a couple of chances, wasn't great. Um, and apparently Campwell should have been sent off for the elbow on Stearman. Mm. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm just going off what I've heard off the commentary. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he's looking to be on the pitch. So, for that, but I don't think it's the same Norwich team, Jacko, as what we've seen in previous years in the champ. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how they, they carry it on. Yeah, Jack, what about you? Sorry, man, I missed it. it keeps kicking me out. Oh right, sorry. Um, obviously Norwich beat Huddersfield. Yes, um, sorry, yesterday. Do you remember? Was that um, was that an expected result for you? Yeah, I'd probably have them down to win by you know a couple of goals. Obviously, they did it. Yeah. They scored fairly late on, but um, I think, like you said, they kept the majority of their players and. I think there'll be a side that's going to be up there this season. Um, go into a relatively poor Huddersfield side as well. You'd expect them to win, but again, it's um, it's three points for them at the end of the day. So it's a good start for Norwich. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm just going to quickly go on to the last couple of games because I want to I want to discuss leagues one and two as well, and I don't want to take up five million years to discuss them. Um, Mill drew with Stoke nil nil yesterday. I had the an envious misfortune of having to watch it um, I thought Millwall were quite poor I thought Stoke were just as poor um, I think Millwall's the issues that they had last season where they were lacking a creative player are still showing um, there was no Romeo yesterday so the link up between him and Wallace wasn't there um, Malone and Bennett looked okay down the left but nothing special and um, we still haven't seen anything of Troy Parrott yet which is slightly worrying but we've got Cheltenham in the cup on Tuesday so I hope he, goes, I hope he plays for that um, for the Stoke side of it they look a far better side than they did at the back end of last season um, I still don't think I, I, I still don't think highly of them enough that they're going to break into the top six but I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last season. Um, I, I know both of you are going to enjoy this because it's Forest, and obviously they beat they lost to QPR yesterday two nil. Um, is that a surprise with Greeny for you? Is that a surprise mm. that QPR won that, especially with the fact that probably their best player for the last couple of seasons is now in a Palace shirt? It was a surprise, mate. I had, I had Forest down for a, a banker there. Yeah, um, but I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, well, you could say they're both about the same. Obviously, Matty Cash left for Villa. Eze gone to to Villa. Uh, sorry, Eze's gone to Palace. 
But yeah, I think Forest are. Uh, they didn't look. They didn't look right. I've seen a bit of the highlights on this game, and, I, and they just didn't look the same squad as what they were last year. No, I think I think they'll struggle again this year. And I reckon as an underdog, mate, QPR could be up there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'd be interesting, mate. But I think Forest are in for a long ride again. Um, Jack, I'm gonna try and make you go as neutral as possible, saying is it's Forest. <laughs> but are you sort of echoing Greeny's statement that they're going to struggle this season? Uh, I don't think they will. <laughs> I've touched on it before, and I, I said on the, I think I said on the live, and they were one of my picks to uh, to be up there come the end of the season. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they lost that game against QPR. Um, I had them down to win, but I think they'll be up there come the end of the season. I don't think they'll be struggling this season. Um, I hope they struggle, but I don't think they will. No. Um, the the last one I want to touch on. Um, is Neil Harris's first game in, of the season for Cardiff against Sheffield Wednesday and they lost 2-0, Jack. Uh, obviously, they, they got comprehensively beaten by Northampton in the first round of the Cup. I, I don't want to see Neil Harris get sacked. I, I think he's a good manager. But do you see him struggling at Cardiff this season with, with those two results so far? Because that's two games where they haven't scored a goal and they've conceded five. Uh, I don't... It's tough. I think, based on where they've probably finished last season, mm. um, you, can't, you can't. I feel like you can't really rely on last season now. You know, it's a clean slate, it's a new season. Um, I expected them to beat Wendy. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they lost, um, especially with what's going, what happened to Sheffield Wednesday and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, you know, they've not kickstarted the season as they'd like to. Um, there's plenty of time to still turn it around, like you said. There's, there's, there's a long, long, long season to go yet, but um, I think if they don't pick up points in the first couple of games, and you know they might struggle to break into the playoffs. Um, yeah. You know you got to try and hit the ground running and stuff like that. Um, I think, I think I read somewhere on Twitter as well that you know um, Neil Harris said something about are they um, suffering from a hangover from last season. Mm. Um, so it might have that sort of effect on them. I don't, I don't know, um, but I'm surprised they lost that game. Yeah. Okay. Um, going on to League One now. Um, this is going to be a new venture for all three of us because we've had the benefit of a lockdown to only discuss Championship and Premier League football. So for those of you that are listening that follow League One and League Two clubs, I can only apologise for the inaccurate knowledge that you're going to get from the three of us going forward. Um, We'll start with the obvious ones first. Defeats to Charlton Hull and uh, Wigan lost uh, to Ipswich today as well. Uh, boys, do we... Sorry, sorry. Charlton won, um, Hull won and Wigan lost. Do we see Charlton and Hull potentially being up there at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, on paper, you would have them up there, mate. I can't I can't see why not. They're probably... Yeah. They're going to be the most... What do you call it? Informed team, you're probably getting that sort of league, and with the players they've got, you'd expect them to be up there. So yeah, I think they'll be up there, mate. Yeah, um, Jack Swindon won. Obviously, they went up from League Two last season. You've got to think that's a cracking start for them in League One. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, they weren't playing much in terms of Rochdale, but again, mm. it's that sort of old saying: you can only beat what's put in front of you. Um, yeah, definitely. I think. Momentum's key in football, and I think especially when you're promoted, when you're newly promoted, it's very easy. Like I say, with the 
whole commentary situation, um, it's very easy when you come into a new league to, you know, get swallowed up in terms of quality and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's a great start for them. Yeah. Um, Greeny, Cobblers uh, got to a two-all draw against uh, Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, it was a very topsy-turvy game from what I'd seen. It's a... Mm. Would you take that as a plus for Northampton, or do you think it's an opportunity missed against Wimbledon? I think it's, see, I like, I like seeing Northampton, and I like I like that they got promoted. But I think it's an opportunity missed, mate. To be honest, yeah, I think Wimbledon are probably one of the weaker sides in that league. Yeah, so I would have expected Northampton to get some out of them, especially like you see after the beat Cardiff with a three 0 win. Yeah, um, so I was, you know, I was edging towards the Northampton to win it, but. Again, it could be an hard season for Northampton, mate. Mm. I don't know if they've got enough to stay up. So, yeah, it could be one of them, mate. But not if I was a Northampton fan, I wouldn't be overly... Yeah, what's the word for it? Overly uh, impressed with the results, shall I say. OK. Um, but to, to the pair of you now, obviously Portsmouth and Sunderland have been in League One for a while, pushing for promotion back to the, the Championship. They both started with draws this weekend. With, uh, do you see them as if they don't get up this season? It's as stupid as this question sounds. If they are not promoted this season, do you see them that as a poor season for the pair of them? Yeah. <laughs> Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man and many words. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm sort of enticing a bit more out of him. But well, no, well, let's, let's put it yeah. this way: an explanation. Sunderland drew. Yeah. Sunderland drew one all with yeah. Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Rovers. Bristol Rovers, you'd say, is a bottom half team. Yeah. Um, again, Portsmouth drew with Shrewsbury. Again, you'd say Shrewsbury not the best of sides. Yeah. So if they can't beat the likes of them, and they're only picking points up, I can't see them beating the likes of the more better teams of Fleetwood, Hull. Charlton, yeah. So I think it's going to be a struggle, mate. And and the thing is, you got as well in there. You got Ipswich, Wigan. It's yeah. a lot. I feel League One this year is a lot more uh, higher competitive leagues in it, uh, yeah. teams in it. So I think the the re- chances, mate, by not going up in previous seasons, it's going to yeah. be a lot harder this year. Jack, what do you make of it as well? Yeah, no, I agree with Greeny actually. Um, Wow, that's a first for the season, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, no, fuck, fuck you, Greening. No, they're both going to get promoted. <laughs> no. Is it because I now suggested that you agreed with them? <laughs> no, no, I'm happy to disagree with them. <laughs> um, I just think last year or the year before, they've been there or thereabouts and Pompey got playoffs last season and Sunderland were up there and then ended up finishing eighth or whatever it was, or I can't remember, uh, with the PPG as well. Um points per game um, it's sort of now or never for, for, for both of them you know the, the current crop of players as well I think they've both got decent squads in for League One mm. um, Sunderland have been knocking on that door for a while I think as a Portsmouth actually um, yeah. in promotions more to the Championship um, I think <laughs> when you're trying to go for promotion and you keep not getting it I do think it has an impact yeah. Um, on confidence and things like that. Because I think I know, I'm not saying Derby are not a confident team, but I know for a fact that we've had seasons on season, season of finishing the playoffs and a couple of seasons of playing the playoffs and stuff. And it's, 
it's dejecting as a fan, never mind as a player. So I can only imagine what mentally it must do to a, to a player in a group of a, a squad. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think you know this this season is key for both end teams to try and uh, to get those promotions. I mean, it's going to be hard run right for Sunderland. I mean, they got Oxford next game. Oxford obviously was in the League One playoff final. Yeah, um, but they did start with a two-nil defeat away to they League. They did. They did. Yeah. Um, could you class that as a bit of a hangover, though? You you could do, I suppose. They're not had much of a break. Um, again, it will probably tell you, mate, when they play each other on Saturday. Yeah. Whether or not. Um, and then Sunderland after that, I got two more games in my eyes with Peterborough and Charlton. So. Yeah, but Peterborough lost to Stanley yesterday too. Now. Yeah, which is another poor result. So. Yeah. I think it's, that, I think it's, it's difficult. I think Peterborough are going backwards as well, from what I've been reading on Twitter. Obviously. Um, more so me than you two. I live sort of like half hour from Peterborough or whatever. Um, yeah. A lot of my mates are Peterborough fans as well and I see a lot on Twitter and stuff and I think they're struggling. Um, well, have they sort of enlightened as to why that is? I think... they've got The Ivan Tony transfer. Yeah, potentially. I don't think that's specifically down to that. Obviously, that's yeah. a big thing and there's a lot of goals he scored last season and I don't think they've replaced him properly. Um, no. I think they've got quite high expectations, Peterborough, as well. I think their fans, yeah. you know, they want to get promotion. Um, they're probably a little bit pissed off from last season as well, like Greeny's touched on before. The whole points per game situation, the fact that they didn't even get the playoffs or promotion or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I think they did. I had, I had them down to win that game, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I did, mate. Yeah. I, I mean, just, uh, go on, Jack. I just think. I think when you look at League One in terms of like that, you think, oh, these are easy games. But in reality, they're actually quite mm. tough games. Like places mm. like Accrington are probably not easy to go. Um, mm. Sort of, there's, there's quite a lot of, you know, teams that will fight, you know, like even Pompey playing Shrewsbury, teams like Shrewsbury and, uh, and Accrington, they'll fight, you know. These teams are not going to roll over and Portsmouth and Sunderland are going to win games for fun. You know, you've got to earn your, your three points and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think, mate. I'm touching on Portsmouth for you there, Jack. Is I think Kenny Jackett's had his day in charge of them. Yeah, I, I think, mate. The next game they've got is Thursday night against Brighton in the AFL Cup. Can't really that... see him getting out of that. No, but do you see that as a little bit of a free sweep? <sighs> do I? Because it is Brighton. Let's, let's be honest. Brighton had a good good end to last mm. season. They looked mm. they looked good. They brought in some good players. You know, that yeah, they'll I'll get up running early. And, you know, mm. it could be, you know, I don't suppose it could be as a derby, really. But, but I, I, I mean, as a manager, Jacko, I mean, I don't know how I'll take it. I mean, yeah, it could be classed as a free sweep. But if you lose that game, confidence is shit because you've not even beat Shrewsbury. Yeah. You then got Rochdale and Wigan. I know Rochdale lost and Wigan have lost today. But again, like Jack said, you never know in League One now. No, but so I think maybe it's you, best for Pompey to go for the cup. Do you? Well, could you ever see Pompey winning the League Cup? I couldn't, no. But the chances are now, mate. Penalties knock them out, don't they? You know, that's the chance maybe. they've got. Um, but but saying that, obviously, you said they've got Rochdale and Wigan as the next two games. Wigan have released an awful lot of their squad. Mm. Um, do, are we all in sort of some form of agreement at this early stage that we're going to potentially in League Two next season? Yeah, I, I, I have to agree, Jacko. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're looking at that from a Portsmouth side of view, the best 
they've probably got some good chances to get three or get six points early against those two games. Because mm. obviously Rochdale lost Ian Henderson. He's probably he's been one of their top goal scorers for the last sort of couple of seasons. Um, so you know there is that, but six out Jack, of seven games though, Jacko Pompey ain't won. Yeah, which is I think that's shocking. No, there is. Yeah, I mean that's including uh, Stevenage in the first round of the in the English FL Cup, three all draw. Mm. They then drew to Oxford. Then in the obviously in the playoffs. Yeah, but then, you're going back. Fleetwood they've drew two. Peterborough have lost two. So I can't see a. I can't see any positive to Pompey at the minute, mate. So you, you'd you be sort of sitting there going, if Jacket doesn't get six points from the next two league games, that he's out of a job. Oh, yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah okay. I'd probably say, yeah. OK. Um, we'll move on to League Two, because there's... I'm, I'm sort of slowly falling in love with Harrogate. Yeah, they, my they boys. annihilated Southend 4-0 this weekend. How... How much of a, of a pleasing result is that for Harrogate, especially as the fact that they're in the second round of the EFL Cup as well, Jack? Yeah, fantastic. Um, I actually, you know, like you said, I kept an eye on it myself when they went one up and uh, yeah. 4-0 was a fantastic result. Um, yeah, fairy tale sort of um, fact they got promoted and then the fact they won the yeah. EFL game against Tranmere on penalties and now the beat South End. Albeit, you know, Southend probably aren't the best team in the league, but again, that old thing, you only beat what's put in front of you. Uh, yeah, exactly. uh, and the fact they won 4 0, clean sheet, fantastic start. And uh, yeah, it just, stories like that always bring a smile to anyone's faces. And I'm sure everyone in that sort of, in this season, will, loves an underdog story. So yeah, I'm sure everyone's chuffed a bit to them. Greeny, you must be chuffed as being a secret Harrogate fan. Yes, mate. I called it on the on the live, if you remember, when you asked me yeah, who yeah. would be up there. And I said, Harrogate will be a team to watch this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was happy, mate, they got the win. And I, and I can see them pushing, mate. I think playoffs, they could hit. Mm. I really do. With the momentum they're in. I, I think, um, just quickly going on that, I, I've always seen League 2 an easier league to get out of, promotion-wise, than it is to go down. Hmm. I don't know how you two feel about that because obviously you've got three three automatic spots and four playoff spots, so you've got yeah a really to me you've got a really good chance of of getting out of that league. Obviously, you know the, there's the likes of Exeter, Bradford, Colchester, um, Scunthorpe, Salford, Salford. You know, there's a few teams in and around there that mm. you, you would think would be up there at the end of the season, mm. but. Surely, if you're Harrogate, you'd want to sort of try and push for as high as you possibly can this season instead of sort of trying to consolidate sort of mid-table. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, mate. And I think their next their next league game would be interesting because they've got Warsaw. Now, if they get a result against Warsaw, mate, I've got no reasons why they won't be up there this year because yeah. Warsaw are a good outfit, mm. a very good outfit for that for that division. So I feel they'll be up there. But they've got a free punt on Wednesday night, mate. They've got West Brom away. Yeah. Um, which would be great for them. It's a shame they ain't got the fans in to watch that. No, I, I touched on that on the, the Facebook Live as well. Mm. Is that and and the Salford game as well? To a certain extent, obviously they're playing Everton. They're, they're yeah. the games you'd want fans in the ground for. Yeah, and like you've touched on before, Jack. I'm sure you. I'm sure you touched on it on a live and a pod. The money situation. What these boys could be getting. Yeah, from, from the revenue of tickets, it's a bit of a shame yeah. for because the likes of Harrogate, mate, who, who need the money. Mm. You know, it would be a massive achievement to go to West Brom, even if it didn't win. The fans would love it. Yeah. Um, 
Talking about Bolton Wanderers, Jack, they fielded 10 new first-team players on Saturday, yesterday, against Forest Green and lost. All right, Forest Green are one of the sort of favourites to be near the top of the table this season. Uh, do you feel that Bolton are in a little bit of a free fall or do you feel that you know they may be able to sort of steady the ship a bit this season? Uh, I think the the uh I think they're in a bit of a free fall, mate. Um yeah. it's a shame. Um I think you know, the, they're now sat in League Two. Um they've basically got like you say a brand new squad. Um I just I, I can't see them at the current situation they're in promotion, I don't think so. Um no. I just think it's <laughs> Once you, I think, once you end up, you know, getting relegated from the Premier League and the Championship, you sort of have to be careful that you don't end up doing what Bolton have done. Yeah, um, and getting caught up in that whirlwind and end up in, you know, the next thing you know, you're in League Two. I think, you know, teams like um, Blackpool and um, who else was there? Who else can you have? You know, not so much Charlton, but you know, more so Blackpool and teams like that. Oh, Portsmouth, Portsmouth as well. So they were down there. Port, yeah, Portsmouth, Sunderland. You know, teams like that. You know, you've just well, got even to... look at Notts County because Notts County are now sitting in the Banarama National League. league. Yeah, so... they were a stalwart of English football for hundreds of years. Exactly. So you you've got to be really careful that you that obviously there's the opposite of that is you can. Like Harrogate, you can get promoted and keep winning games and you end up doing double promotions. But then at the same time, the opposite effect is you keep getting relegated. You end up having a negative momentum and you just keep yeah. sliding down and down and down. So, yeah, I think they've got to be very careful that they don't um, slip into the you know the bottom half and the bottom, you know, sort of two or three in the League Two and, you know, they end up flirting with relegation. Yeah. Greeny, as a, as a neutral, mm. um, how... Frustrated has it been watching the demise of Bolton from afar? Obviously, yeah, I, I know we discussed it about Barry last season. Yeah, you know, the fans what, are what make these clubs. You know, I, I think we're all in agreement that seeing what's happened to them and Wigan and Barry is, is horrible, and you'd never want to see it on your club. Mm. But you know, to the same extent to Sunderland as well. Surely, as a neutral, you, you've got to be frustrated with how that club has been run. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, um, totally agree. Um, as a if, if, as a neutral, I don't think I have to disagree here with Jack. I think I think Bolton will pick it up, and I think they will be up there this year. Yeah. Looking at the players they've got, they've got Alex Baptiste. He's been around for a while, but he's he's been there. He's been in top flight football. You've got uh, who else have you got? You've got Doyle, who bagged loads of goals in that division last year. Yeah, obviously left the team to come to Bolton. You've got Nathan Delfonso. Again, bagged a handful of goals for Blackpool last year. Mm. You've got George Taft, who's a quality centre centre back or right back. Left I think back they've got Anthony Sardsevich as well. They have been in there. He's been there. Now. Yeah, I just feel you give them two or three games just to gel a little bit more, and they'll be fine, mate. I think they'll pump up the table, no problem. But it's a bit of a shame to see from when I was a kid, Bolton was in the Prem, they were in they were in Europa. Yeah, and to see them now. In League Two, it's thought, wow, it's a reality check, and you think to yourself, you can't take your team for granted at any stage. Yeah, one minute you can be in the Prem, next minute you're in League Two, or next minute you're in non-league football like Notts County. Just, so, just one, one last thing on Bolton. Do we, 
I certainly think this. I don't know about you two, but if they were to get relegated into the National League, could you see that team folding? Hmm. I'll let Jack answer that. I <laughs> know yeah. oh, it's one for the pair of you. You oh. ain't getting out of this one. <laughs> I, I think I think there is a possibility, yeah. Um, which would be a sad day for football in general. Um, I don't particularly have any affiliation or love for Bolton, but I just think any sort of football club that ends up like that is is sad. Um, especially when there's so much history behind them. Um, you know, they're an old club. Um, and like Greeny says, it can happen to anyone. So, you, you know, you've got to just sort of um, not wish it on teams like that. Greeny? <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to go to the next ring. <laughs> no, mate, I'm, I'm getting both your opinions on it. I told you. Uh, Get off the I fence, probably... Greeny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my job. That's reserved for Jacko. <laughs> <laughs> If they went down, could I see him? No. I'd like to say no. And see if they, I think if they didn't do it in the first year back, if it was in National League, then possibly. Yeah. I think it's too much of a big club. But again, where's the money coming from when you're in that sort of league, yeah, with that yeah. sort of stadium to run? And yeah, probably, mate. You probably, yeah. If I have to go and put money on it, I'd probably say yeah. They probably will fold it. Okay. Well, let's hope not. By any stretch of imagination, that they they fold um, because again, it would be a horrible thing. Um, just quickly, I'm going to do this before I go into my last little bit. Um, Scottish football carried on this weekend. Hibs uh, won three 0 Rangers won four 0 Coincidentally, that scoreline was the same amount of players that they got injured in that game, and Celtic won five 0 um, Touching on Rangers, Greeny. Yes. How big a blow is losing those four players this early in the season? Oh, it's a massive blow, mate. I hope uh, Gerard's got some good backup players, mate, because that is a massive blow for Rangers, that is. Yeah. Um, I think they're lucky at the minute to have the cushion they've got. I know it's early, but yeah. you could probably afford one slip-up. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say any more. But again, another fantastic result, another clean sheet for Rangers. Mm. And it's nice to see uh, Roof score again. I like yeah. I like I like Kima Roof, he's a decent player. Um so yeah, I feel I feel it's a massive blow, but I don't think Gerard would be overly worried at the moment, put it that way. Okay. I mean just looking at the table, Jack, Rangers have scored fifteen and not conceded any yet. It's it's a remarkable start to the season for them, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, definitely a fantastic um start to the season. Um, like you say, with those injuries, though, is it a case of how you know how costly will they be? Can they keep the momentum going, and how much will they affect the team? Um, but yeah, like you say, it's a very, very good start to the season. Um, it's all on them now, really. Pressures, you know, the pressures on them to keep and maintain it, um, mm. and how costly are those injuries going to be? Yeah, I mean, just quickly, Celtic. Are two, I've, I've still got their two games in hand. And it, you know they win both of them. They they level. They go level on points with Rangers. Can you see that being the top three this season with Rangers, Hibs, and Celtic? Uh, I think. Or do you feel that potentially Aberdeen could sneak in there as well? I think Aberdeen could be there. I think you're, you're definitely looking at Rangers and Celtic as the uh, between the title. Uh, who's going to contest mm. for that? Um, I think Hibs have had a very good start. You know they've only lost one game. Um, I, don't, yeah. I think they've only conceded two or three goals as well. So yeah, they conceded three. 
yeah, so you know, that's, that's a good start for them. Um, Aberdeen obviously lost the Rangers. Other than that, they've not they've not lost. They they lost the Rangers and they won four in a row. So they they're sort of finding their feet again now. So I think, like you said, I think the third spot is going to be contested between Hibs and Aberdeen by the looks of that, and then yeah. sort of best of the rest could be anyone really. Okay, um, we'll just quickly. Did you? T- um, I know. It- I don't know if you boys saw, but Aberdeen had three hundred home fans there as well. Oh, no, I hadn't seen that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I had heard there was a bit of hoo-ha at the Fleetwood game where people from outside the stadium were lobbing apples into the stadium. <laughs> but I hadn't seen um, the fact that Aberdeen had 300 fans in there. That's, that's got to be a, a positive for the pair of you, isn't it? Seeing fans slowly get in there now. I like Greeny answer because obviously I, I mentioned it's a gone to him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, good to see. Um, Fral on four. We see that is a different story, obviously, with what's happening now again. Um, I'm just thankful there's football on at the minute. And and so fans or no fans at the minute, to me, doesn't make much of a difference because as long as I can watch some kind of football, whether it's me sitting at home or going to a game, that's great. It's just, yeah. you know, so in this moment in time, I'm just happy it's on. Um I'm going to go quickly onto this because uh, there's been a lot of interesting stories coming out of it, and it's it's the woman's woman side of the game. Uh, mm. Chelsea thumped Bristol nine nil, yeah. But um, Spurs have brought in World Cup winning striker Alex Morgan mm. from, from abroad. Is that Greeny? Do you think that's um, a reputable signing for the league? And do you think that will boost sort of yeah. interest in it? I think it will, yeah, yeah. The women's football now is getting very strong and people are remembering names more. Mm. It's a bit like when Chelsea signed, was it Kerr? And uh, it's, oh, yes, wow. yeah. it's, a, it's a good sign, it's a fantastic sign and women's football now is progressing really big. Mm. And to even like, like I say, everyone's on, going on about this 9-0. Now, not many times you hear about people going on about women's football. No. Recent in recent years, but now it's it's picking up, mate, and it's and it's good. And nine nil, what a bashing! But there's some great players on there. Again, Millie Bright was on the score sheet again, which I, I yeah. think she's a class, class player. Well, um, she showed her class in the Community Shield. She did, she, yeah, without so. without rocket of a shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic, and it's even better seeing uh, Leicester obviously now got a full time professional outfit as well. Yes, yeah, they got they got their first point of the season. Yeah. Oh, well, well. They drew two all today. I presume yeah. it's their first point of the season in the championship. Um, yeah. Just, just quickly, Jack, your opinion. Do you think there's it's uh, there's a lot more interest now being shown in women's football, uh, sort of the domestic side of it, rather than international side, with the fact that there's a lot more coverage now. Yeah, I think not just only you know women's football. I think women's sport in general is more televised. You know, it gets more coverage. It's slowly, you know, starting to become, you know, it's, it's for me, it's never going to be the same quality or the level of men's, um, no. you know, but it's nice to, for, you know, for them to get sort of coverage and get more recognitions for stuff. I think, you know, I think that's very good. And it's, it's not only good for women's football, it's just good for football in general. And, you know, it shines a good light on football. Um, I think, I don't know if you both know again, but... Um, Women's football had some fans on the ground as well. I think they had up to 1,000 fans yeah. on the ground. So, you know, that's... They, the Arsenal had 700 fans. Yeah, so that's also... Uh, against West Ham. 
well, no, not 700 fans against West Ham playing on the pitch, but seven of them, 700 fans turned up for that game, which, again, is a fantastic turnout for the fact that, you know, we're not able to get a lot of fans into anything at the minute. So it's good to see that there's a decent audience for it. Mm. 100%. 100%. I see they've also got fans in America as well. Um, mm. when, I, when I was watching Orlando and into Miami last night, which we're yeah. good to see. So, uh, yeah, it's great. So, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, we've covered everything that we needed to cover. Um, there's not been a lot of controversy tonight, which is a bit of a surprise for the first episode. Greeny's behaved. Greeny, Greeny, say something controversial. I'm feeling at ill ease with this. <laughs> well, I think, I think uh, Hoiberg, mate, is one of the best centre mids in the Prem. Oh, I hope he's a massive flop this year. I really do. <laughs> but, um, Don't worry, you will be. Yeah. Um, so that's that's it from After Extra Time um, for our first episode of our second season, boys. We chuffed at that. <laughs> One of you answer. I, 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 I would be happy to be doing a pod for a second season. I was letting I was I was going to let Greeny answer because obviously you know it's your two's creation. I'm a, I'm a late coming to the party. So. I was going to let you let you answer and all. That's why I went quiet for you. But I, I uh... we can safely say, Jack, you're part of the furniture, mate. No, no, definitely now. But I think yeah, I think for you boys more so. Well, yeah, for me as well. You know, I think it's great. I think you know the fact that we've made it. Well, I say made it to season two, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you never know towards the end. But I think yeah. hopefully, you know, this podcast can keep thriving and people will keep listening and whatnot and we'll keep going. I think I'm looking forward especially to, to the Euros. Um, I just hope by then, obviously, the COVID situation is a little bit better and we can obviously do some, you know, some live ones, maybe from the pub or whatever. And Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I'd really like that. So yeah, but I think yeah, I think it's, it's a great little milestone, and I think I think this is going to be a good season to come, and I'm looking forward to you know the football coming and the, you know, the episodes every week as well. Greeny, what about you as creator of all this? Oh yeah, beautiful mate. It's going, it's got, it's gone well. Um, obviously, me and you come up with the idea. I'll just touch on a little bit for the viewers. So me and you touched on it in lockdown. We said, do you know what? Let's do a pod. Let's mm. keep busy, and. I think you'll agree with me, mate. We never thought it would come, and we've done about 14 episodes, 15 episodes now. Yeah, yeah, we're so in there now. We'd never think that far down, mate, that we'd be still sitting here recording podcasts, you know. So well, we never know your schedule, do we? Well, no, my <laughs> schedule. It's a tight schedule. It's a tight schedule, but it's nice <laughs> that we've, we've, we've carried it on. It's good yeah. to bring in Jack um, to get a third opinion on it. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, mate. All I can do is thank, thank you too and thank the old listeners and the viewers on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. No, thank you all very much. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping before I go. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, the group page is After Extra Time. Um, you can follow us on Twitter if you're interested in looking at all that fast on social media. Um, we do lives every week. It's Jack's turn this week. Yep. It is. Could we potentially see a first a first episode team of the season or team of the week this week, Jack? Yeah, no, I think, think it's definitely uh, definitely a shout. Um, yeah. I think we'll just have a little, yeah, we'll have a team of the week for this season, just for this season, this week, just gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have a little uh, a, a quick smash preview, smash quick smash preview of the of the, the following weekend's games as well. Yeah. Uh, 
I might even dip a quiz in there for you boys again as well. Oh, yeah, just uh, give me a chance to eat me kebab first. Well, if you're well, stop saying you're ready when you say you're ready because you're never ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't want any kebabs on my Facebook Live next week. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I have to say, Jack, the viewing figures of that Facebook Live are not that good. It means we have to have Greeny in it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, bring it and, in. And finally, you can email me um, uh, at uh, after extra time 2020 at gmail.com. It's XTRA, no E in it. Um, love to hear from you. We hope, you know, with a brand new season that people are going to listen to the pod. We'd like, love you to pass it around. Friends, family, anyone who's interested in football, even if they disagree with a Leicester fan, a Millwall fan, and a Derby fan on a weekly basis. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, that's it. So take care, everyone. And that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.